0: This is the Wrecked to Reformed podcast. Welcome back to Wrecked to Reformed podcast. I'm your host, Randy Adkins. And today on this episode, we are talking about hell, the eternality of hell. Now, a proper understanding of hell is taught throughout Scripture, and we have to make sure that we get our doctrine of hell from the Word of God. I had an interaction recently with someone who was a universalist um, in the heresy of universalism. Now, last episode, we talked about uh, the heresy of sinless perfectionism. This is you know, obviously a, a false doctrine being taught by a lot of different people. But universalism is uh, definitely unbiblical, to say the least. And the idea is that Jesus died for all men, meaning that all men are made alive. And it's it's a poor interpretation of Romans chapter 5, the two different um, federal headships. Where they go wrong is that all in Adam die, and all in Christ are made alive. Well, the thing about it is, is that everyone is born in Adam. They're born in death. They're born in sin. And yet, it's the supernatural work of God in the heart that causes one to be born again, to have faith in Jesus. And so, they're taken from the realm of death into the realm of Christ's glorious light, the light of the Lord. And so, they're they're brought from one position and placed into another by the supernatural work of God in the heart. All in Christ are made alive, and you have to be in Christ. So, Jesus didn't die for every human being on the planet. He died for his elect people. And so, what universalism gets wrong is they have a very poor hermeneutic and a a heretical understanding of the gospel, because here's here's one of the big problems is that, okay, if everyone is going to end up in heaven, and I do believe that some of them believe that even the fallen angels are going to be in heaven, which that is obviously false. On judgment day, those who do not have faith in Jesus will be cast into the lake of fire. All whose names are not found written in the Lamb's book of life are cast into the lake of fire. That's Revelation 20, verse 15. So, we can see that those who don't have faith in Jesus are going to be thrown into hell. That is that judgment day that is quickly approaching, um, and uh, quickly as, as meaning that the moment that you die, you will see God, and you will answer to Him. And you will either be thrown into hell, or to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord if you're in christ now the misunderstanding i think of the universalist is is that right there is that they don't understand the differentiation between those in christ and those outside of christ because when jesus told the pharisees you are of your father the devil that was not a pleasant thing to hear, obviously. But the Pharisees well deserved it because they were of their father, the devil, and they wanted to murder because the devil's a murderer from the beginning. He lies and kills, and that's how he kills. He kills through lying, deception, deceit. But when we're talking about those in Christ... We can go into Ephesians chapter one. We can go into uh, John chapter three when he's talking about those, unless one is born again, born from the born from above in the Greek, he will never see the kingdom of God. So there's that understanding that if uh, unless you are born again, and that happens in this temporal life, unless you're born again, you will never see the kingdom of God. So. Uh, it just follows the logic that if you die, having never been born again, you will never for all of eternity be born again. And therefore, forever, for all of eternity, you will spend eternity in hell. So there's one aspect pointing to the eternality of hell. Here's a few uh, verses to Back up what I'm talking about. Revelation 14, 11, And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. They have no rest day and night, those who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. Now, notice, this isn't, you know, talking about every person outside of Christ. This is talking about a specific group. But, it goes... For the same people who are in hell, they all go through the same torment, not necessarily the same level of torment. There are different levels of of hell, but as far as, you know, torment and judgment. But we see here that this specific group will be tormented day and night forever and ever. They have no rest. The smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever and those who worship the beast and his image. So, here's a category of people who have no salvation whatsoever, forever and ever. As far into the future as you want to go, they have no salvation whatsoever. So, uh, obviously, hell is eternal, at least for some, which would destroy the idea of universalism. Uh, But let's go a little bit further. Okay, Mark chapter 9, verse 47 and 48, if your eye causes you to stumble, throw it away. Throw throw it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. So, he's talking about hell. Now, Jesus obviously used a, a word... ...that the Jews would understand as a burning um, trash heap. However, he's using a physical representation to teach a spiritual application. And that is that in this place called hell, their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And we see that hell is eternal. And they never die and the fire never quenches... So they're always in torment. Isaiah uh, chapter 66, verse 24. Then they will go forth and look on the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me. For their worm will not die, and their fire will not be quenched. And they will be an abhorrence to all mankind. So here again is another place. For their worm will not die. And their fire will not be quenched. This is an eternal torment. Now, to get a a proper understanding of hell and the eternal aspect of hell, we really need to understand sin. Sin, if you look at a culture that's completely given over to sin, as Romans 1 shows us clearly, and it seems to be happening um, and has happened for many years in the United States... And it's getting worse. It's it's those who have been handed over to a depraved mind to do those things that are just absolutely detestably wicked. Uh, you have the, the the whole transgenderism, the whole homosexuality in uh, sexual revolution that has went into complete debauchery. And so sin is wicked. Sin, and the wages of sin is death. And we'll actually get to that here in just a moment. But when you look at a culture, you see that sin leads to death by its very own sinfulness. So, sin is the denunciation of the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Sin is not doing that. And it leads to doing more of not doing that. Right? So, sin leads to death. It always has. That's why God says, uh, the soul that sins shall die. And that's why in the the garden, when man sinned, before Adam and Eve sinned, before Adam made the the decision, the choice to sin in the garden and eat of the fruit, having uh, been given it by Eve, who was deceived, him being the head of the household, and listening to his wife fell into sin, and he ate of the fruit of the knowledge of uh, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and so therefore he sinned against God going against the one commandment that God gave him, this tree you shall not eat of the fruit of it, and the day that you eat of it you shall surely die." So spiritual death uh, happened immediately, physical death happened after uh, many years, but God showed mercy on them, telling them the gospel in Genesis chapter 3. A first proclamation of the gospel was by God himself, and then he covered their sin with a foreshadowing by shedding the blood of the animals and covering them with their skin, with leather, so giving them leather garments. And so when we think about sin, it leads to death. And when you look at Romans chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we also look at Proverbs chapter 8, verse 36, But he who sins against me injures himself. All those who hate me love death. So if we... Hate God and we're rebelling in our sin, then we love death. That's why the culture is called the culture of death. All who hate God love death, and the way that their hatred for God shows itself is in their depravity. Their their depravity. I'm sorry, and they're chasing after all those things that they think will satisfy the sinful human heart. But the sinful human heart is deceptive and wicked. And so it chases after wickedness and sin. And you could have somebody who's very pleasant to be around, very nice to talk to. However, they hate God because they're not bowing the knee to God. They're chasing after the things that they think satisfies themselves. And so you could have a very nice, pleasant person to be around, and they by their sin, deserve the eternality of hell because the sin that is in the heart is rebellious against God and unable to do that which is pleasing to God. And that which is pleasing to God are those two greatest commandments. Love love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the sinner, the lost person, has never and can never love their neighbor as their self. And they've already broken, you know, the first greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So their rebellion against the gospel of Jesus Christ, knowing that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, therefore all have gained the wage of death, because the wages of sin is death, and all have sinned. Therefore, all are under the righteous wrath of God, meaning that we all need a Savior. And that only Savior is Jesus Christ, who He is, what He accomplished on the cross, and that He was raised from the dead because He accomplished salvation on the cross. And we were justified, and He said before He died on the cross, it is finished. A Greek word, tetelestai, meaning paid in full, he paid the debt of his people, all who had ever believed, in full on the cross, and he was raised from the dead because of our justification, because what he accomplished on the cross completely satisfied the righteous requirement of God, which is perfection, and our sin was laid upon Jesus, and the wrath of God was poured out upon him, and he had to be God, the second person of the Trinity to take the, the eternal wrath of God on the cross and satisfy it by his own righteousness. And So it's the just for the unjust, that substitutionary atonement on the cross that Jesus accomplished. And that is our only hope. So the sinner rebels against the gospel of Jesus Christ. They rebel against the knowledge of God that everyone knows that God exists because God has made it evident to them. Obviously, you look at the universe, you look at the microcosm and the macrocosm, everything God has created is screaming, God exists. He is the one who created all of this. And so the atheist has to suppress that truth and unrighteousness because they know he exists. And in their most honest moments, they know that they do. But their heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who could know it? So, why is hell eternal? Well, I think uh, James White, Dr. James White, pointed it out in something as I was studying uh, for this topic. He pointed out that a lot of people think that the moment that you die, you stop sinning. Well, for the Christian, that's true. And that's by the grace of God... In eternity, having that new glorified body that no longer has that sinful nature, created new in Christ Jesus, and then, you know, at the resurrection we have a new body. But the moment that we die, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's true for a Christian. That the moment that they die, they cease sinning forever. But not for the sinner. So when the sinner dies, the hand of restraint as Dr. James White, again, pointed out, and I think he's, he's dead accurate on this. The moment that a sinner dies, apart from the grace of God, God's restraining hand is removed from his life, removed from his depravity. So, he goes full headlong into the sinful desires that he has been restrained from for his whole life by the grace of God. And so, he gives full on into his very nature, which is sin. By nature, children of wrath, prepared for destruction. And so, in eternity, because the sinner never ceases to sin at all, hell has to be eternal, because they're always in a constant state of sin, and rebellion and hatred for God. That's why when Jesus said, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and that's not necessarily two categories of people. That's the same person weeping and gnashing their teeth. It's that rage against God in hell, it's that hatred for God and that weeping uh, for self that is. The state of the sinner in hell. So, all of this to say, universalism is refuted by the eternality of hell for the sinner. Now, there is hope in this life for the sinner. Repent and trust in Jesus, because hell is real, and hell is eternal. And in this life, is the only time and place that you have hope. Repent, come to Christ, trust in Him, who He is, what He accomplished on the cross, and that He was raised from the dead for our justification. And if you do, you have the promise of God that you have peace with God if you are truly born again and trusting in Jesus. And with that, I think uh, this episode is concluded. Uh, If you all have any questions, please leave them in the comments section on the YouTube channel. Uh, I don't know if this one particularly is going to be on the YouTube channel, but soon I will have both the YouTube channel going as well as the podcast on all podcast apps. And uh, until next time, worship the King. God bless.